And this is something you can actually tell in an interview. And because curiosity uh, shows in different ways, uh, in an interview, you know, it usually shows in like, what kind of questions is this person asking, which relates to the kind of uh, value that they want to add in whatever problem that gets asked. But even as an engineer on my on my team, like or, or that I have seen, the ones that are really high potential are they they are taking extra like going extra mile to figure out what else makes sense in this kind of problem space mm -hmm. that I'm working on. And they just don't go after the problem that's assigned to them. What else has been done so far, right? Who else is solving this so I could reach out to them and learn from them, right? And I think it has changed over like my 16 years of career. It has changed from then. At that point, it's just like, I'm going to solve this. I am the one who is going to make this happen. I'll figure out the solution. And that has changed so much now. And the great engineers are the one who can bring in a whole lot of... Hello, and welcome to the Hazel Chapters podcast. My name is Fanny Ram, and I'm thrilled to be hosting this show. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to introduce myself. I'm currently pursuing my master's in software engineering in the Bay Area. Before that, I worked as a software engineer for four years at IBM and Walmart, building highly scalable distributed systems on cloud platforms. I always wonder how people make decisions and what influences them to choose over one or the other. I know it's a complex topic because every person's thought process is different. That's why I started this podcast to explore the science of decision making in technology and business. Whether you are a long-time fan or a newcomer to this topic, I hope this show will be both informative and entertaining. I'm excited to present amazing stories from entrepreneurs and industry experts every week. So, without further ado, Let's dive into today's episode. Perfect. Uh, hey, Anshu, good morning. Uh, thank you so much for joining today. Um, uh, how, is, how is your weekend going and where are you tuning from? Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Funny. Um, I'm from Seattle, greater Seattle area uh, on the suburbs of Seattle. Um, I work for Microsoft but I work from home most of the times. This is my home office that I'm calling from. Awesome. How's the, how's the day at uh, Seattle? I, I I mean, I have been to Seattle only once. Uh, I heard it's like only three to four months is the summer. Uh, <laughs> is it true? It's, it's true, but this year has been great. So uh, I'm not complaining. The summer started re really early and we had real good uh, days of summer and summer break with kids. But yes, now it's starting to feel much like fall weather. Uh, it's raining, it's gray. Um, yeah, but I'm not complaining yet because fall is my favorite season. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, yeah, I think maybe as a vacation trip, it could be good for people living in Seattle. But whoever is in California Bay Area, like definitely they don't want to change it. I believe. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah. yeah, I'm jealous of people in California and how much sun they get. But I also know, you know, if I'm there for a long time, who knows, I'll be probably be missing Seattle a whole lot uh, than I do sun right now. You never know. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Okay. Uh, to slowly get us started, uh, let's begin with uh, your educational background, right? So what did you study or where did you study? Um, yeah, let's let's dive into that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a software engineer, you know, by my education and profession. Uh, it's kind of in my mindset, you know, I kind of operate as software engineer, even at home, it seems uh, at times, uh, just because of, you know, the kind of skills I have built and knowledge that I've gained. So I did my bachelor's in computer science and engineering from uh, National Institute of um, Technology, Jaipur. Uh, this was 2007 when I graduated, so it's been a long time. Um, so yeah, after bachelor's, uh, I joined Microsoft right out of college. Um, this was like the campus placement. Uh, we had recruiters come into our campus and um, I was I was the only one at that time. Now I know we recruit on a large numbers, but at that is quite a big deal to get into a big tech. But software engineering, like the four years of college, you know, mm. like there were certain courses that I like absolutely, absolutely loved because I love problem solving and the ones that allowed me to do that, I love them. There were also a few that I absolutely hated, but, mm. um, but I did know within me, you know, that, that there are parts of this uh, education that I am going to just make make it big, make it big in my career later. So, yeah, I did not pursue masters, which is also one of the big decisions that I've wow. made in life. Um, the yeah, so that that's my education. I uh, that was in India, so uh, a lot of. Um, decision-making is also influenced by what people are doing around you. So I I would love to talk about that as well. Awesome. Awesome. So just a curious question. So definitely uh, even at uh, 2007 or eight ish, uh, definitely people were pursuing a master's or, you know, mm -hmm. coming to abroad for their uh, foreign studies, all this, right. So being mm -hmm. in the center of that, that entire chaos, like, I mean, is there any strong reason that you felt, Hey, is it really required uh, a master's degree to pursue? Uh, I mean, as we grow in the career, definitely people think a bigger as a bigger picture, right? So, did it happen um, uh, intentionally, or uh, what's your background behind that? Yeah, I'm not going to deny there was a whole lot of pressure to you know go and mm. do further studies at that time, uh, and that too, like different kind of education like it could have gone ahead and did a master's in computer science and engineering and at back of the mind I also wanted to do MBA at that time and I know I pursued that a little bit to just see where where I stand so there there was no lack of you know the opportunities that I could have gone ahead uh, with but I I was young right like I I could see that there's such a <laughs> long way in my career and life that 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 decision didn't have to be made then like mm. I think I could I could say you know I wanted to try software engineering give it give it a good shot see what it's about before I made um, made that call so yes that that moment of decision making however influenced that was or lack of influence um I knew that I want to give this a shot just because I enjoyed that. And yeah, it, it didn't 
I, I continued there. It is really surprising. Like I never felt that need. Oh, I wouldn't say never because I do have these like moments where I feel like, oh, maybe I should do it while I'm working, right? Mm. <laughs> get get some education here and there. And I do think about it a lot even now. And I know that here in the US, I could any day decide to do that and get that. Yeah, so obviously. You, I won't be surprised if I do it next year. <laughs> so yep. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, again, uh, it, that proves actually, uh, I mean, even to grow in a career or even to build that uh, kind of leadership skills, definitely degree might not be the, you know, a one go-to thing that definitely not a must-have thing, right? So um, you're the living example for that, definitely. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, being there, uh you have done, I mean, you have started as a software engineer and uh, how does, how did you land into the US or uh, how was the transition uh, for you to adopt to the uh, US corporate culture? How's, mm. how's the um, decisions went through at that time? Yeah. So I spent, I, I joined Microsoft India. This was in Hyderabad, um, Andhra Pradesh then. Um, I spent good five years there. Uh, and I got to learn so much. I had like amazing mentors and managers. And I saw every few years, people would just move to US mm. because it was easy for people to, you know, uh, get a job at Microsoft uh, US. Uh, I would connect with a few of them and, you know, ask them, you know, what it's like, why, why, just, just like how you were curious, right? I was curious then and I would get like firsthand information uh, of how things were, were immigration is one of the biggest things on people people's mind when they move from India to US. But it was not on my mind at that time because I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the US, spend a few years, come back. Who cares about immigration? I think most of the people start out that way, <laughs> and I I did as well. I'm like, oh, look at the kind of work these people are doing. Let, let's be honest, right? The the cutting edge work was actually happening here. Yep. Now the things have changed. Now I actually feel uh, <laughs> a lot has changed even in like yeah. Microsoft India and the kind of innovation that's happening. Super proud. But at that moment, it just felt like, oh, if I really need to work on that, I have to be here. Mm. Um, so I was married then, no kids. So it wasn't like a huge, like uprooting my life and moving somewhere else. So we could do that. And um, we made that call for ourselves. The transition wasn't much hard because the whole factor of the kind of job I was doing or the the environment or the company that I was part was same, right? So it didn't change a lot. What changed was like big cultural shocks and like mm. suddenly feeling like global. <laughs> yeah. The people I met, met in like my first year just oh, gave me such an exposure to uh, the global community. Like, it's not like American. It's like everybody is here. That was, I really, really loved that. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have never gotten that in India. And I feel like that move to the US while professionally or helped me personally, it just like, massive massive growth in me as you know a human as a mom as a wife as like ev every role that I play in life I think it has uh, influenced uh, me a lot so yeah I think one of the biggest decisions that have affected who I am today is definitely that 
Wow, definitely. I, I should, I mean, I, I agree 100%. It's been a year for me in the uh, States and I believe there is so much diversity here even when we speak more about, hey, India has more uh, this thing. I mean, not, no offense as an Indian, but uh, I feel that uh, there are more people from different backgrounds sitting at the table uh, in the meetings or discussions. So, so that brings more uh, innovation is uh, personal opinion too. Uh, it's good that um, uh, it's connecting. It, it, it has been same thing even from last 10 years or decade, something like that, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um Okay, so slightly moving on. Uh, okay, so you started as a software engineer and uh, uh, you transitioned from India to US. And uh, as you grow, uh, what you felt is the most challenging part uh, being a software engineer? Uh, did you think that, hey, uh, I, I'll code for 10 years or do I need to manage people at some point in my life? So what is the challenging part that you felt hey do i need to make it uh make a decision now or do i still have time uh mm -hmm. for moving to management and being an ic role yeah no that that's one of the most common questions i get asked you know that even like people who i mentor and i do want to share share this i started as what they used to call software development engineer in test mm. in 2007 right at that time, I did like, I, the amount of code that I had written at that time was more than my developer did. <laughs> I could say that. Why? Hmm. Because I had the liberty and the flexibility of just like coding up the systems and the tool set that would make our product quality better. While my developer at that time who I worked with would write that piece of code that's like mm -hmm. in the product and gets delivered to the customers. So I think it was a good thing. And the test, um, that discipline doesn't exist in Microsoft anymore, but the concept does, right? The idea does. And that's one thing that I think is still in me. And the way that I care about and the critical thinking that I bring to the table today as an engineering manager has actually stemmed from there. Because I developed that foresight of knowing what would go wrong and if you don't care of it right now your system's mm -hmm. going to break your product's going to fail like that mindset only comes from like having done that for years and years mm -hmm. so that's that's one of the things that i'm really proud of and like obviously i co coded a bunch at that time and then when i moved to the us i still had the same role but it was in 2014 that microsoft said we are going to converge and we're going to call ourselves software engineer. Like mm. even the developers didn't have the developing developer in their title. It was like everybody is software engineers. And obviously there are mixed emotions from several people. I for one was thrilled. <laughs> Why? Because now I realize that everyone, every person in the company is going to understand the value that I had brought as a test mm -hmm. without really being, you know, in a different title uh, and the role. So that transition was like, when I own the piece of the product, I own it, I have the full accountability, which means I have to care about the quality, the reliability, the performance uh, of that piece of code um, that's going out. And that, 
opened the doors for things that I could go learn, right? Now I had to do play the roles of what individual roles would do before, but I now had to go do. So I, that growth, that transition was actually turned out to be really good for me professionally. I, I got it's it. like an external decision made for me if I couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, for every five years or 10 years, companies change their style of uh, working definitely, right? So yeah, as part of yeah. that, um, it really helped because um, yeah, definitely um, engineering personally, in my opinion, is the core part of any innovation, uh, as we all know. Um, yeah. Um, okay. S- slightly uh, switching gears. What's your current role today? And uh, how does it uh, still relate to your engineering passion, right? So uh, yeah, just walk us through about what's your current mm-hmm. role, what kind of decisions you have to make uh, in a week or in a quarter? Uh, how does it look? Right. So I'm an engineering manager. I have about, at a time, 10 to 12 engineers that report to me. And we are working on this product that's just gone out to market like in last one year called Microsoft Loop. So the kind of engineering that we are doing is not the one that was done like decades ago with like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the products that have been there for a while. So we are almost at the um, point where we are willing to experiment with everything and anything to get this product out, which makes it the whole engineering uh, and product development really exciting. The decisions, so I'd say there are macro decisions, right? Like you said, on a quarter boundary, you have to like, oh, what what we are supposed to do, does it even align with what we want to do for the business of this product? And that prioritization, that decision, while it is influenced by the business, for me as an engineering manager, it's also influenced by what kind of team I have and what kind of team mm-hmm. I want to grow, which means I have to take into account what skills and talents people already have, what they want to gain and what their aspirations are and have them combine to deliver what a plan should be. So as an engineering manager, connecting those two is one of the biggest macro decisions that get made um, in the year. And then I would say micro decisions, which is like day to day. It's like there's always some kind of firefighting. There's always some kind of like conflict uh, that you have to, you know, decide what what's your approach to this. And um, one single approach doesn't work with every situation, every person, right? And knowing that what what kind of tools you have to pull out now in this moment is a decision making, like a very minor one, a very, like I said, micro, but that every time I take that decision, it's telling people what kind of a person I am, what kind of a leader I am, what kind of a manager I am, which means that's actually tied to my identity. So there is a whole lot of, uh, what do I say, like background (laughs) behind those decisions that get made uh, in a a day-to-day as well. So yeah, that's my role as an engineering manager. Definitely. My next obvious question is, so you have take, you might have taken number of interviews or you might have observed, okay, this engineer might have a high potential or um, yeah, something like that. You might assess or analyze people, right? So in your experience from 
beginning to right now today what are top three qualities that shows a high potential as an engineer mindset right uh, what are those three qualities that could help them grow in the career or um, that at least they have to start building those if they want mm-hmm. to if, if they want to carry career in engineering yeah certainly a whole lot of things come to my mind but i'll try to see if i can say top uh, three definitely there could be a number yeah, of things yeah yeah so one of the top things i think is how curious is the person and this is something you can actually tell in an interview and because curiosity uh, shows in different ways uh, in an interview you know it usually shows in like what kind of questions is this person asking which relates to the kind of uh, value that they want to add in whatever problem that gets asked but even as an engineer on my on my team like or, or that i have seen the ones that are really high potential are they they are taking extra like going extra mile to figure out what else makes sense in this kind of problem space mm-hmm. that i'm working on and they just don't go after the problem that's assigned to them what else has been done so far right who else is solving this so i could reach out to them and learn from them right and i think it has changed over like my 16 years of career it has changed from then at that point it was like i'm going to solve this i am the one who's going to make this happen i'll figure out the solution and that has changed so much now and the great engineers are the one who can bring in a whole lot of perspective connect them and you know give give their best uh, output so that's one one thing this when taken a bit forward are also the ones who are constantly upskilling as well. We know, right? Technology today is different than what it was a few years ago and it will be very different um in in few years, right? It's it's such a fast-paced um industry. How a good engineer will keep up with that? Definitely. That continuous learning. Oh my gosh, it's so important. Like getting staying stuck in a particular uh phase of the industry or technology is only going to pull you down it's not going to keep you there so a great engineer knows when and how to continue to upskill and continuously learn Perfect. and the third thing that i'll say which actually might not be top 3 but i do want to put it out there because it doesn't it doesn't cross people's mind and it doesn't hit them really well is like don't be a jerk right I have seen great great engineers they know how to like solve the most challenging problems but if they are a jerk like it erases all their uh, efforts again I might I'm bringing it to top 3 because I want this to be shared uh, right especially the ones who have like created some kind of domain expertise and mm. um they feel like in when they enter a room they are the ones who know the best <laughs> that's that's not going to be well in in their career growth like it's not going to serve them at all so how do you have that growth mindset even as a leader i have to say i am not the best person in the room and that's why i'm going to hear what everyone has to say that is the place that you become a great engineer great engineering leader and innovation would happen 
Wow. I just I just want to uh, iterate the same thing. Repeat, uh, staying curious as always, uh, because things change uh, how curious mind we are uh, by the by the aspect of asking questions instead of just uh, taking what we got. And then going beyond are definitely, uh, as you said, things change a lot because in the past, just get it done now how else we can enhance or how else we can delight uh, about this product, right? And then constant upskilling, like just like that, every other day, every other month, there is some new technology coming up, new programming skill is going on. Uh, that's really important. And the last thing, I love it. So definitely, actually, this has to be the first thing. As you said, uh, can I call it as humility, having that, you know, pinch of humility uh, in oneself instead of, you know, having, hey, maybe I'm right all times instead of that, maybe I'm wrong at times, right? So having that self-doubt, uh, it could also um, help for an engineer. I, I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah, I call it growth mindset, right? Like growth and mindset, yeah. growth mindset. And it's a huge part of our culture at Microsoft. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying that everybody is great at following that, but at least we try, we, we try. And personally, I have seen the, when I have embraced that and it was like, after moving to the US and a few years and I was like people are really collaborative and they really want to help each other like why would I not take advantage of that and like me showing up in places where I could like oh I'm just going to listen what you have to say it has been empowering and I like absorb like sponge and then bring out some you know value that I feel like I could bring um, so yeah growth mindset Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's great. And that brings us to the last question. Um, so we all know, maybe we are in the era of uh, artificial intelligence, AI, and with the rise of GPT or uh, Claudie, Bard, uh, so many things are happening uh, from the last uh, 20, November 2022. Uh, how do you see AI and engineering? Uh, what's your vision or what's uh, maybe what's your suggestion to embrace AI as an engineer, right? Because today, uh, honestly, it can do all the level one or level two engineer stuff, right? So it can write the code or it can analyze, it can comment in the GitHub, everything is going. What's your vision or what's your thought? I just want to hear uh, from a uh, leadership like you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so at a large scale in the industry, I feel like this is, this has been happening, but this will be pivotal where we become a little bit less competitive and a little bit more collaborative mm. because we now have this, um, you know, um, amazing tool sets, the knowledge, the models, the policies that we will all create, uh, you know, to be responsible. This is going to bring all of them together. At least that's how I can uh, embrace it and feel proud of. So, which means companies would have to work together to create something useful. Um, and that's always amazing, right? Because we've seen it in the past as well, where companies have come together and there'll be little less uh, competition. Now, uh, the roles, I think the roles that we've had, like product managers, engineers, data scientists, data analysts, researchers, I think they are also coming together now the boundaries would start to become, um, you know, not as strict. I think it's good, but, I, you know, everyone has a perception. But it this is where I feel like that transition that we had in 2014 to be 
software engineers and not just the developer is going to be more of value now. Because now I have to go ahead and say, I'm going to solve this problem. It doesn't matter whether I write code for it, whether I write policies for it, whether I write frameworks for it, whatever, right? Now, now you would start to feel more uh, accountable for the problems um, that, that we will solve. And yet I am all for embracing AI. I've like started to, you know, play a lot in like for my like for my role and job, how it would help. Uh, and I'll give you this like very quick example. It was like Friday, no meetings day for me. So I was like playing with ChatGPT. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we do we have these like life site incidents um, all the time. And I wish some of those things would be automated. And I know a lot of things get automated for like you being able to troubleshoot uh, mm -hmm. issues and uh, but I was going a bit farther in the life cycle whereas like now that incidents happen it's mitigated it's resolved what have we learned from it and mm -hmm. I was like can AI help me understand what we learned from it so we could develop something mm -hmm. that helps us in the future and avoid these and that was such an exciting uh, little project that took me only a few hours to actually just figure out maybe it's helpful or not but I am all for embracing that. If we could limit all these like uh, part of our jobs, which we don't like very much through AI, then we'll be doing the, be the best things that we do. Uh, the, the, the skills that strengths that we want to use will bring more on the table. Got it, yeah. got it. Yeah, awesome. Um, definitely, as you said, I love how you mentioned uh, because of AI, the lines are getting thinner between different roles. And yeah, in one way, it's kind of, again, everyone has their perception, right? So again, mm -hmm. if we see that as a collaborative mind, I think that would definitely help solve more problems um, instead of sticking to, hey, I stick, I'll stick to my side, you stick to your side. So yeah, that definitely uh, helps. And uh, awesome. Um, okay, one last question is, what's your favorite day of the week and why? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I would say Friday, you know, everyone's favorite day awesome. is Friday. <laughs> and we are very intentional in our group and say like, it's a no meeting day. It's your own day. That's when you, that's when I personally get most of my work done because the other four days are full of meetings yeah. for me yes. uh, as a manager. So I love Friday. Good closure to a week as well. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's a wrap. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Anshu, for your time. It was, I mean, I have collected so much valuable notes uh, that I would love to share on the episode's description and uh, all over LinkedIn. And I also know that you are a certified coach and you love to mentor people. So how can whoever is listening to this podcast, uh, how can they reach out to you and uh, in what ways you can help them? Absolutely. No, thanks. Thanks for that. And thanks for having me here. I'm happy to help, um, you know, elevate uh, voice uh, of, of engineering um, in the community. Yes, I am a certified coach. Earlier this year, I was really passionate about um, helping people like own their career and define it, define their success in the ways that matter to them. Um, and, you know, the way I call this is like, we have to adapt to the modern workforce and the modern workplace culture. And we as engineering leaders are not doing a great job of uh, that. So I want to empower all the, you know, 
you know, Gen Zs and millennials to define what success means for them, bring it to the table such that leaders like me can create an environment where they can thrive. So I'm helping people through my uh, coaching skills, just create a path for them that they can be enabled and empowered uh, to follow. And I do use LinkedIn as a platform to share my insights, create opportunities for people to connect with me. Um, so if you can follow me on LinkedIn, you would get all the information. Awesome. Awesome. I'll definitely uh, attach all the information in the episode description and the link that you can uh, approach Anshu, whoever is listening. Uh, thank you once again, uh, Anshu, uh, for your time on a busy weekend and on definitely Sunday morning. Uh, yep. Thank you so much for your time. I'll stay connected. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me here, Funny, uh, a lovely chat. Awesome. Um... And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Hustle Chapters podcast. I hope you have enjoyed listening and learned something new about the science of decision making in technology and business. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's content, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback is valuable to me and helps me improve the show. If you have any suggestions or feedback for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to me on my LinkedIn that you can find in the episode's description. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of the Hazel Chapters community. Until next time, remember, you are always one decision away from a totally different life. <laughs>